And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we are digging into the book of Revelation for the very last time. And before we jump into the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. for the very last time as part of a complete Revelation book study, we are going to have another clue for our quiz, which Ezekiel, our resident nine-and-a-half-year-old, well, our guest resident nine-and-a-half-year-old, has picked out for us today. Ezekiel, why don't you run us through all the clues that we've had so far, so those who have missed it can hear them. So the first, was okay. it two clues, two, three clues? And then we'll do the new clue, all right? Uh-huh. I am the dust of the Lord's feet. John saw a mighty angel come down from heaven, robed in one of these, with a rainbow above his head, my voice, a voice came from this and said, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When Jesus ascended to hid him from the eyes of onlookers. onlookers. Okay. Oh, very interesting. What was, it, what was it that hid Jesus from the eyes of onlookers yes. as he was ascending into heaven? When Jesus ascended, this hid him from the eyes of onlookers. What am I? Give us a call if you know the answer and you can pick up the quiz prize, The War in Heaven, The Truth Behind Satan's Rebellion by Ivor Myers. Okay, and that's up on our social media, of course, on uh, Instagram. It's right there if you want to go back over those clues again just to double check for yourself. Already had some callers call through, but nobody has it right yet. See if you can get the correct answer. Okay, I'm a bit sad today, Mon. <coughs> yeah, what's and this Ezekiel? about? What's this about being the end of Revelation? This is the last day. Kind of appropriate, I think, to finish Revelation at Easter, though. Oh, is it? Is it appropriate, is it? Yeah, I'm not quite sure why it's appropriate, but we're finishing at the end of the week where it's like Easter's coming and, you know, after you, you've quite, the, the year has a number of sections to it. You have the before Easter section, the after Easter section. We're finishing the before Easter section. We're just going straight into a new subject next week. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, you know. You're looking forward to it? I think oh, so. This is like your favorite book. It is, uh, but it's probably time to move on. So we're going to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. The last chapter of the last book. We're going to read the last verse of the last chapter of the last book today. Today. It is going to happen. Okay. Okay. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of... Revelation. Very good. Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah. <laughs> Man, he tricked us good, didn't he, Ezekiel? I know. Got you that time. Oh, actually, do you know what, Lyle? What? I, I asked uh, Ezekiel to prepare something for radio this morning. Yes. I asked him he if what his favorite Bible verse was and Ooh. why. Okay, all so, right. So, Ezekiel, what is your favorite Bible verse and why is it your favorite Bible verse? John three sixteen. Do you know that one off by heart? Okay, go for it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's exactly it. That's it right there. Why why is that one your favorite? Because it says that we get eternal life if we believe in him. Absolutely. It's a promise. Love it. That, but that, do you know that verse? And if you're listening to the radio, sorry, I butted in. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I, did. I call that the nutshell verse, uh, Ezekiel, because I say um, that that Bible verse is the gospel in a nutshell. In a nutshell. So the whole gospel right there is just easy, packaged, bite-sized. It's the whole gospel. It's a great verse. What were you going to say, Lyle, before you rudely interrupted me? I was going to say that if you're listening to Faith FM this morning and you are wondering what the gospel is, Ezekiel has just shared the gospel with you. And if you want to have assurance of salvation, all you need to do is what this verse says. Just give your life to Jesus right now at this moment. Surrender yourself fully to him. 
Turn your life over to His care. He will come into your life. He will make you a different person. You will find salvation. Amen. And so I just encourage everybody to, uh, yeah, just, just to, to get in there and do it right now. Amen. All right, so... We're in Isaiah for some reason instead Isaiah, of Revelation. that's right, yep. All, all good Revelation studies start in Isaiah. Isaiah, the gospel prophet. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66, I was in 55. That was pretty close, but no close enough. Isaiah chapter 66, and we're I'm going to read... I'm in Isaiah... 43. Yeah, that won't quite make it. Uh, verse 22 and 23. And Mon, I wonder whether you could read those two verses for us. Isaiah 66, verse 22 and 23. Yes, indeed. I can read those for you. 22 and 23 says, As surely as my new heavens and earth will remain, so will you always be my people, with a name that will never disappear, says the Lord. All humanity will come to worship me from week to week and from month to month. That's such a lame translation. What do you mean from week to week? Let me read it from mine. The Bible says, (laughs) It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh Ah. come to worship before me, says the Lord. Nice. The Bible says that we will worship God in heaven for eternity every Sabbath day. However, that's not the only thing that the Bible says here, and I'm wondering whether you guys can identify for me... The Bible says that we will work, worship Jesus every uh, every week on the Sabbath, but there is another point at which we will be worshiping Jesus, and what is that? Uh, month to month. Okay, month to month. Why does the Bible say that we have these monthly gatherings as well as these weekly gatherings? I, I don't know. I can't think of any sort of special monthly event. I mean, we were just talking about the pagan origins of Easter, and they were talking about monthly events. Yes, indeed they were. That's right. Is this something paganism as well? Not at all. This has nothing to do with paganism, but it does follow the cycle of the moon, which was given to us to mark out the months of the year. Okay. And, of course, it's a little bit messed up these days, but it used to be, you know, the biblical year was 360 days with 30 days to a month. It was exact, and I think that that probably got all messed up at the time of the flood. But anyway... Be that as it may, that's what we have right here. The Bible says that we will get together once a month to worship God. And what we need to now do is find out what does the Bible say will happen on a monthly basis in heaven? What special event happens every month in heaven? I'm so keen to find out. Revelation chapter 22. What do you reckon it might be? We'll have the answer. Do you reckon it's a big party, a big one-month party? Probably just... Just a celebration. Okay, probably just a celebration. Do you think it might involve food? Yeah. Yeah, most celebrations involve food. Okay, so we are going to read, um, and Bon, if you could read this one for us, uh, Revelation 22, verse 1 and... Actually, Ezekiel, if you could read for us verse 1. Revelation 22 and verse 1. Then an angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the th- throne of God and of the Lamb. And Mon, can you read for us verse 2 and then tell us what great event happens each month? It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. There you go. 
every month there is going to be a different kind of fruit that is ripening on that tree. Is is this like is this like you know when it says to heal the nations is is this like it's actually got you know medicinal properties or is it more just it's a way of bringing people together and talking and sort of you know metaphorically healing them? This is a question that you're going to have to find out when you get there because I think there's probably um, you know there, there could be validity to both of those points uh, because the entire world comes together uh, every month to worship God. Um, and coming together to worship God is definitely a way of, of you know, stopping any kinds of rifts coming into God's community. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, what the Bible is talking about here, we will find out when we get to heaven. Ezekiel, what's your thoughts on this? I think it's meaning like heal them from all their sins. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's an interesting observation that Ezekiel's making right there. Um, I, I tend to think that once, well, I, I, once we're in heaven, of course, we've been healed of our sins, and but maybe there's some ongoing healing processes that, uh, who knows how our bodies will function in the new earth. It's going to be very interesting. But that's not my point. Okay. Because point. this is all the Bible says about the healing. It doesn't say anything else anywhere else in the entire Bible. It only speaks of it here, and so we just don't have enough information to know exactly <laughs> what it is all about. It's funny how you've seen this as sort of like a celebration, like a month-to-month celebration. Everyone gets together and have a party, and you know, different people would get, read different things. But I, if I had read that, I would have thought, okay, so every month we get together and have like, well, we need to take our medicine, like you know, <laughs> like <laughs> the doctor is, says, have it before you go to bed, or take it with every meal. It'll be like, you know, this every is where month. you gain your immortality. If you don't turn up once a month, <laughs> you will lose out on your immortality. I don't know. I, I really don't know how you know how heaven functions and how the uh-huh. new earth functions. Um, but we do know that when we get there, we will know exactly how this all works. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And so, of course, we've got a, uh, a a tree of life here, and there's a couple of interesting features that I like about this tree that the Bible tells us, that the river of the water of life is flowing from the throne of God, and it flows down the main street, and it's interesting how a river is called a street because the Bible says we stand on the sea of glass. Um, so when Jesus was here on earth and he walked on water, it seems to be an ability that will be transferred to everybody when we get to heaven. And walking on a river, walking on water is something that I certainly look forward to. Uh, because you don't really find rivers being referred to as streets um, unless you live in uh, Venice. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, which is uh, yeah, quite an amazing place. But um, the other thing that I find interesting about the tree <laughs> is that, you know, hey, sometimes you have a tree that is, has a hollow stump, mm-hmm. and they kind of look cool. Yeah, and particularly yes. the ones that are hollow all the way through, and so you can see straight through the bottom of the tree. It's a bit been burned out at the bottom, and uh, you can see in one side of the tree and out the other. You don't see it like that too often, do you? No, not at all. But sometimes you do, and it's very, very cool when you do, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Very okay, cool. so that's what you've got here. You've got a tree with a hollow stump that goes on either side of the river. Oh, that's so cool. Now, here's the thing that I find also interesting because I am a great fan of trees. I'm a cabinet baker by trade, and so I've always had a fascination with trees and everything to do with trees, and particularly big trees. So you're a tree-hugging hippie, Lyle. I always knew it. Yes. I always knew I cut it. them down and turn them into furniture. Um, <laughs> Go but, on. But when I see this tree right here, and I sometimes wonder, you know, how big is the tree? Um, yeah, true. Because this, how is, big the, is, this the river? is the main street of the New Jerusalem. 
This is the main street of the New Jerusalem. Now, this is a city that is so large that it extends, you know, from here to Adelaide. Oh, yeah. So you imagine how big that main street is going to be, and the main street is that river. Ezekiel, what's your thoughts on it? Um, it says in the Bible that that we are going to be walking on streets of gold. Yes. Hold, and I'm also interested in rocks. Ah, so you're interested in rocks. Okay. You're interested in rocks. Lyle's interested in trees, and I'm interested in yarn. I hope I have yarn in heaven. The Bible says there's going to be rocks in heaven. The Bible says you'll be able to see the foundations of the city, and they are listed as being rocks. And so Ezekiel's covered. The Bible says there's going to be a tree, so I'm covered. Mon, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay. But, but Mon, you have been untangling that ball of yarn. <laughs> For like three days now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a skein, which unfortunately it's it's a way of... Um, a skein is a tangle. A skein is different to a ball of yarn. A ball is, yeah. Um, yeah. And a skein gets tangled very easily. And unfortunately, my, my skein got uh, really messed up. And so it's, it's, it's literally a three-day knot that I've been untangling. But anyway, I want to talk about this big tree because this yes. tree is blowing my mind. So it's it's when you said the tree is growing and it has a river going underneath through the middle of it, right? That yeah. to me um, feels like... Um, when you say it, you think, oh, yeah, it's like a little trickling stream or that kind of a thing. No, no, no. As opposed to... I'm going to go rafting on this river. This is going to be huge, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be massive. And, 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 and when I think about the size of that tree and I think about trees that existed, you know, before the flood, we know that they're at least a thousand feet tall just from the uh, coal deposits and so forth that we have. Anyway, I have Christopher joining us on the show this morning who has called in to make an attempt at the quiz. Christopher, welcome to the show. Thank you very much and good morning to you both. Oh, to the three of you. The three of us today, absolutely. Three of our show today. Yes. Uh, Do you have uh, an answer you would like to try in answer to this quiz? Oh, let me see if I can get this right. Cloud. It would yes. be a cloud. Well done. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, we're going to be sending you a copy Ooh. of The War in Heaven by Ivor Myers. It's the truth behind Satan's rebellion, and we trust that you will enjoy that. And uh, yeah, Thank you. Didn't Ezekiel do such a good job of the quiz today? He's been so good. Yes, he's very good. And nearly 10, you know. Yeah, you nearly go. 10. Right. Nearly That's 10. Right. Nearly okay, 10. you yeah. have a good day. God bless. <laughs> Okay, so that was Christopher winning the prize right there live on Faith FM. So the prize is now gone. And uh, we uh, special thank you to Christopher calling in. We were talking about the tree. You know, we're talking about trees before the flood. You know, from our coal deposits we have here in the Hunter Valley, we know that the vegetation was about a 1,000 feet thick. And I'm thinking that this tree, I think it would be a fair assumption to say that this tree um, is going to be the largest tree that our world has ever seen ever in the history of the planet. It, it just, you know, I don't know that, but I just tend to think the tree of life has to be the biggest one. Okay, I want to climb this thing and, and I want to swim underneath it. And this is in a tree that is in a city that is, uh, how far is it from here to Adelaide? I can't remember. But uh, that's how tall the city way. is. That's and crazy. so if it was a normal-sized tree, it would just kind of like look puny and vanish. I would say that this is going to be an enormous it's mind-boggling. tree. Mind-boggling. It's just going to be mind-bogglingly yeah. massive tree. Why would tree anyone want to miss out on heaven? Wait to see it. Why would anyone want to miss out on this? It's yeah. just can't yeah. wait. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? You can't wait. 
can't wait. This is yeah, yeah. it's gonna be great. Okay. I, I like the fact that even though we might not understand exactly how this month to month celebration, you know, prescription thing works, <laughs> I love that there's actually you know been been provision made for this. For the healing of the nations. Whatever that means, even though we're not 100% sure, I love that God has made provision for it. Absolutely. And uh, heading back to Revelation, we're going to move off the tree now and onto the rest of the chapter because uh, we're halfway through the encounter with God and we've covered two verses so far. (laughs) Very interesting verses, though. Um, Mon, if you could read for us verse 3, and Ezekiel, if you could read for us verse 4, please. No longer will they be a curse on anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And Ezekiel verse 4. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, where will there will be no more night. They will, they, they will not need the light of a Lamp or the lamp of the sun, the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Thank you. Okay. A couple of interesting points as we work our way down through here. The Bible says that his name will be in their foreheads. What does that mean when it says God's name will be in our foreheads? Uh, So there's going to be tattooing in heaven. You really think so? No, I really don't. You're going to go with that, Mon. <laughs> no, no. That's your, that's your solution. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe they're thinking about him a lot. Like he's on their yeah. mind. Um, your forehead, and, and my translation specifically says in the forehead, inside your forehead is something that uh, Marsha Williams was talking about. Oh, the frontal lobe. Um, earlier, which is the frontal lobe where moral decisions are made. And God's name is synonymous in the Bible with his character. So God's character is in that part of our brain where decisions are being made. And so I think that's, um, yeah, just fantastic imagery. What are your thoughts on that one, Ezekiel? Um, I think that since their names will be on their foreheads, it's meaning the mark um, to tell them help people that he that he's that that person's going up to heaven yeah it's like the yeah. opposite of the mark of the beast right, That's right. Yeah, seal yeah, of God. yeah yeah it's exactly. exactly what it's all about right mm-hmm. there the bible speaks about the seal of god in a number of other places and just to uh confirm what ezekiel was saying we can go back to <coughs> revelation chapter 7 revelation chapter 7 we can read about it right there i'm up to about um chapter 12 at home Oh, oh, very well done. good. Well we, done. We want to take a leaf out of Ezekiel's book and uh, be studying the book of Revelation for ourselves. And let's read uh, Revelation chapter 7. Mon, if you could read for us first. 3 and 4, please. 3 and 4 says, Wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. And if you go to now across to chapter 14, and Mon, if you could read for us verse 1, talking about the same group of people who have the seal of God in their foreheads. What does it say here in verse 1? Then I saw the Lamb sitting on Mount Zion and standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So Ezekiel's made a really good observation right here, and that is, that the name of God is synonymous with the seal of God that people receive just before Jesus comes back. Um, And so that's an important point that has been brought out um, in this particular passage here, right here in Revelation chapter 22. 
Bible says, he said, these uh, sayings are true and faithful, and the Lord God of the Holy Prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly be done. And so we find here that the book is coming to an end, and um, the angel and John are starting to emphasize the importance of this book. But right now, we're going to sing, a, listen to a song about that river of life. This is True North. Mercy Flows. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Encounter with God. We are about to come up to question of the day. Somebody wants to know whether they should go to Easter services on Easter time. So we're going to have that question yes. coming up in just a moment. Stay very, very tuned. relevant question right there. Yeah. 
Okay, but we were in the book of Revelation, and I'm wondering whether Ezekiel, our nearly 10-year-old guest, can uh, share with us verse 7, Revelation 22 and verse 7, please. Behold, I I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecies in his book. Thank you. Okay, so Ezekiel, from that passage right there, what does Jesus say about when he is coming? Soon. He's coming soon. Is that good news? Yes. And is Jesus coming sooner now than when this book was written? Yes. A lot sooner, I would say. So this is a much bigger um, blessing than what we had before. It's getting yeah. sooner and sooner. Ezekiel. God said that he won't come until the gospel has been preached to every, every single nation and tribe and land. It's and true. that's exactly why we are here on Faith FM Radio this morning, isn't it? Yep. So that we can share the gospel with people all over the country. And of course, if you are listening to this show and you are struggling with hearing the gospel, then the best way to, to uh, get a good signal is, of course, to listen online, faithfm.com.au. Just hit play or by using an app on your phone, running it through your car stereo. And that way, of course, you make sure that you get the live show because if you're listening to our Easter special and it is not Easter, that's because you are on the delayed broadcast. And if you want Jesus to come quicker, share our show with as many of your friends and family as you can so we can spread the news quicker and so Jesus can come soon. Absolutely. Uh, Mon, can you read for us verse 8 and 9, please? I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey that is that is written in this book. Worship only God. Why do you think John fell down to worship the angel? Didn't John know better? Well, I'm. He's just a. It's just a human, Lyle. I think if any of us saw a glowing, amazing, perfect being, angel, spiritual being, we'd all be like, <gasps> and fall down on our faces. Yeah. They. It might have been because whenever they see here um, an angel, most people in the Bible have fell down on their faces. Yeah, because uh-huh. it's such a shocking, surprising thing, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think if I saw an angel, I might be a bit of a, a bit surprised as well. If it was an angel in glory, an angel yes. is a human being. We just we don't even know that they're an angel, but an angel in glory, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and and this is a very human reaction that we've got taking place with John right here, and the angel has to pull him up again. And I think it's a good thing when these kind of uh, circumstances are recorded in the Bible, because sometimes I think we are tempted to conclude that. You know, all the gospel writers, you know, John, Matthew, you know, Peter, these kind of guys, they're just sort of beyond sin or beyond making any mistake even. And here we've certainly got uh, maybe not what I would call a sin, but certainly a mistake that uh, John has made in attempting to worship this angel. And you've got to remember what John has just seen. He's just seen the New Jerusalem. Absolutely. You know, he has just seen everything that God has planned for the righteous. He's he's in that awe. That would be overpowering. He's absolutely in awe, and I, I feel like he'd be just in a in a in a readiness to worship at this point. All right, verse ten, please, uh, Ezekiel. Okay. Here it comes. Then he told me, "Do not steal up 
the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near, yet him who does wrong continue. Oh, we just wanted verse 10, just oh, verse 10. Yep, yep, just verse 10 is good. Okay, so what are we told not to do in verse 10? Steal these words. Seal the words, that's right. Um, we don't want this book to be sealed up. This book um, is to be open for everybody to read. And then we have this pronouncement that is made in verse 11. And Mon, I wonder whether you could read that one for us too, uh, in, and, and also in context of verse 12, verse 11 and 12. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Thank you. Okay, so when you look at uh, verse uh, 11 and 12 right here, what you find is a pronouncement that is made. He that is wicked stays wicked. Mm. He that is righteous Stays righteous. In other words, this is a proclamation, a close of probation on the whole world. God has finished the opportunity for salvation. And we ask ourselves, well, when does that take place? And the answer is found in verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. So in other words, just before Jesus comes back, probation is closed. The Bible talks about a time when people go from one side of the world to the other looking for the Word of God and they're not able to find it. The reason they're not able to find it is because God has closed probation. And uh, there's a whole study we could we could do on that particular uh, subject right there. But the moral of this story, the important part of this story, is come to Jesus while he is calling. Some people yes. think, you know, I can come to Jesus whenever I want. No, you can't. That is a fallacy. You can only come to Jesus while he is calling, and he won't be calling forever. It's much like the story of uh, Noah and the ark. You know, all these people would have thought, you know, they had all the time in the world, and it took them, like, what, 300 years to build the thing, and, you know, they probably thought at any moment, if I change my mind, I can get access to the boat. And yet when the time came, you know, and they actually changed their minds and wanted to get on the boat, by that time the boat was already shut. So looking in history and looking at, you know, how humanity has left us at the last second and it hasn't worked for them, we should look forward and go, do you know what, I shouldn't leave this to the last second. Okay, I'm going to read the next verse. Go on. And when I read the next verse, you'll all know why I read it, um, because you can follow along with me. But what I want you to tell me from this next verse is, who is it that is going into the new Jerusalem? The Bible says in Revelation 22 and verse 14, Blessed are those that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Who is going into the city? Ezekiel. Um. He's righteous. Plus, my version says, "His blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may be the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city." Thank you. So we've got a couple of different concepts coming through here, don't we? Yeah. Um, as Ezekiel has pointed out, blessed are those that wash their robes. Mm, that's very interesting. Okay, so what does it mean to wash your robes? Wash your robes in the blood of the Lamb. Absolutely. And what very color do they come out after you wash them in Jesus' blood? As white as snow. As white as snow. Ezekiel is on he, it, man. He is on the ball this morning. Nine and a half year old Bible student, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. I wonder whether you can all keep up with this guy this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, 
Um, here we find that they wash their robes in the blood of Jesus Christ and that gives them right to the tree of life. But there is more to the story than just that. Let me read it to you again in my translation. Blessed are those that do his commandments. And so the Bible here outlines that we are to do the commandments of God. Mon, finish off the chapter for us. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of any prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is faithful, witness to all these things, says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you, Faith FM listeners, on this Easter Friday morning. Amen, the Bible says.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Katie Gustafsson with Depth of Mercy. I can never really get my tongue around how that... How is that supposed to be pronounced? Uh, I can't even You're see European. It. Where is it? Uh, right here. Gustafsson? Gustafsson? I don't know. Gustafsson. Well, that's Give a her Scandin- a call and That's ask a Scandinavian them. name, isn't it's it? Sa- it sounds like I had a Beauty and the Beast to me. <laughs> I'm sure that's a Scandinavian name. I need uh, I need Vera or someone to uh, some of my Scandinavian friends to tell me how the, the correct correct way to pronounce that. Okay, question, question of, the of the day. Yes. All right. So we're going to finish off yesterday's question and we're going to smash out another one that's uh, about okay, let's do Easter. the other one first because it's super relevant. No, we'll finish off the last one. Mm-hmm. Let's do, do, let's do the Easter all one right, first. All right. Now we'll do them in, in order, ladies and gentlemen. We are German and we are sticking. Well, I'm German. I'm sticking to every team. So Just yesterday we for being German. I'm you're German now. <laughs> I'm not German. You, I'm, I'm you're honorary German. So Kieran Bora called up and uh, wanted to know about how to pray. Like he wanted to know how to pray to God, what's allowed, what he should what he should pray about. And so we want to finish off because the last two sort of uh, add on questions were what time, how many times a day should he pray, and how does he meditate? All right. So Psalms chapter fifty five and verse seventeen. Um, is King David here. Um, this is Psalm of David. The Bible says in verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon, that's the middle of the day, will I pray and cry aloud and he will hear my voice. And so we find that David's custom was to pray three times a day. We also find that Daniel's custom uh, was to pray three times a day. So David was a head of state. Um, Daniel was prime minister of an empire. And so these were important people who set good examples for us. The Bible does not say how often you should pray. I know that uh, you know within some religions, for instance, Islam, um, you pray five times a day and that is actually written down. It's codified. The Bible does not codify how often you should pray, but I think these are some good examples here that indicate how often we can stop and pray. Now, this is the more formal kind of prayer where you actually stop and pray. You can talk to God at any time. Um, and so that's important as well to understand. Paul says in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, pray without ceasing. In other words, pray without stopping. And so that's a, uh, a an important consideration to, to bear in mind. Okay, so um, as far as how often to pray, the Bible doesn't say, but I think three times is a good example. The other part of the question there was how to meditate. And this is really important. And once again, we find it answered in the book of Psalms because the Bible has quite a bit to say about meditation. And Christians are called to meditate, but in a very different way from Eastern meditation. So Eastern meditation is really the emptying of your mind. Christian meditation is the filling of your mind. And this is where you find uh, you know, Eastern religions and, and Christianity are pretty much the opposite of each other. So in Eastern religion, the solution to life and peace and harmony and health and happiness is within you. Uh, within Christianity, the problem is within you, and only by dying to self and living for Jesus Christ do you find a solution. So we find they're quite opposite. Um, and so the Bible talks about Christian meditation and filling your mind. Uh, Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 is a good example. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And so here we find the example of filling your mind with the law of God, meditating on the law of God, thinking about it, 
you know, just making that a part of your life, something that is front and center to your brain at all times and then actually living according to it. And so Christian meditation is somewhere, you know, in a more classical sense. Certainly you find a quiet place by yourself and you find a passage of the Bible and you read it through, meditating on each verse, just like slowly eating, slowly eating in the Word of God, thinking about the message that it has for you and making that message a part of your life. So there's a couple of thoughts on meditation and a couple of thoughts on how often we should pray. There okay. was another question that came yes. through. Yes, oh, let me read it to you. This question is coming about Easter. It says, should you attend a church service on Good slash Holy Friday in conjunction with Romans 14 uh, verse 5? And is Easter Friday sacred from doing other things on the day as well as attending a service? Do you want me to read Romans 14 verse 5 for you? Sure. It says, in the same way some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think another day is alike, you should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. And I think that in uh, the context of this passage, that's quite a relevant verse right there. What you'll find is that some churches have a worship service on Easter and you know on Good Friday, you know Easter Saturday, Easter Sunday, right across the weekend, and some churches don't. Um, I think it's a good idea to go to church at any time, and it's a good idea to remember the crucifixion of Jesus at this time, because when we remember and when we recognize what Satan was actually trying to do, Satan was taking his symbols. He was nailing Jesus to his symbols. This was Satan trying to, to, to stand up and say, I am proclaiming my victory over God by killing Jesus in this way. And Jesus then takes those symbols and those symbols become a symbol of Christianity. And so if uh, if your tradition in your church is to go to uh, worship service on Good Friday, by all means, why would you, if there is a worship service on, I would never encourage anyone not to go to a worship service, particularly one that is remembering the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary and how he proclaimed the victory over Satan. He proclaimed the victory over Satan's cross. And now we call it Christ's cross or the cross of Christ. And so that's what we need to be remembering as we go through this Easter weekend. If you have a question, give us a call. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your questions to 0491-064-669. You can also message us through any of our social media platforms. We'd love to answer your questions live on air. We hope you have a wonderful Easter service, however it is you wish to uh, to worship. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Did my sovereign would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, the burden of my heart rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight.
part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 02-4994-3220 or simply email greynomads at adventist.org.au. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to Faith FM, Ezekiel. It's just you and me now. Lyle has snuck out the door. He has to drive his big truck all the way up to Stewart's Point, ready for big camp uh, this coming week. And of course, his truck goes very slowly, so he's trying to get a head start. Are you eating a cracker right now, Ezekiel? Is that why you're nodding instead of talking into the microphone? How quick do you think you can chew that cracker and swallow? Because I need you to tell the people what our giveaway is today. We're going to give away something for free. What are we giving away? The Desire of Ages. It's a beautiful book. And the reason that Ezekiel chose this book to give away is because it covers God's greatest gift. It's the life of Jesus. This is something that we need to be meditating on over this Easter break. It's something that we need to be reminded of, uh, that God gave his son, that, that his son gave up his life for us. This book is a... It's just a beautiful book. It'll touch your heart. It'll change your life. You need to be the first person to call through right now on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And if you're the first person through, we will send you a free copy of The Desire of Ages, God's Greatest Gift uh, by E.G. White. And Ezekiel, you'll have to help me sign the, the, the congratulations letter when we send it out, all right? Yeah. Have you enjoyed being on radio this morning, Ezekiel? Yes. What was your favorite bit? quiz well you like doing the quiz it was a good quiz if you heard the answer was clouds it was Ezekiel's work he had a really good quiz this morning Ezekiel thank you so much for coming on board and helping us do the show I really liked having you here I wish they had school holidays more often but for now we'll be back next week after the seven o'clock news on Monday we hope you have a wonderful Easter break take care on those roads and stay safe
child when I felt the Savior leading. I was drawn to what I could not understand. And for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing. What He'd have me be is who I am. As I've come to see the weaker side of me, I realized His grace is what I need. When sin demanded justice for my soul, mercy said no. Evil try to stop redemption's flow. 